Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrand. And I'm Jess Riversey. Thank you for spending your time with us. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? This week, we get the chance to chat with Draft Pro Hockey Scout Jared Brown about their new draft guide. But first, the ECAC has announced their plan to play in the upcoming season. In a memo obtained by College Hockey News, the ECAC is planning to split the league into two divisions with no crossover games until the ECAC championship. The divisions will be split into two, the New York division, which consists of Clarkson, Colgate, Cornell, RPI, St. Lawrence, and Union, and the New England division, which will be comprised of Brown, Dartmouth, Harvard, Princeton, Quinnipiac, and Yale. Their season will begin on January 2nd and consist of a 20-game schedule where each team plays the rest of their division four times. The winners of each division will be declared co-regular season champs and will then be followed by an ECAC tournament, with the two top teams in each division getting buys in the first round, and each series will be one game. The final New York team will take on the final New England team to crown a true winner. This is a very unique plan the ECAC has in place here, Jess. What do you think of it? Well, I think it might be what we're going to see from the rest of college hockey, with the exception of maybe the Big Ten, which doesn't really have enough members to break down into two divisions. The sad part about it is we won't get to see something like uh, the Big Red Hockey game at Madison Square Garden like they do every year. But I think that's probably the way it's got to be this year because of COVID. I think for me, this is one of those scenarios where less is more, and I like it a lot. This is a great way to accommodate the Ivy League schools who are sitting out until the new year, said they weren't going to play all the way back when summer started. Both divisions are even in terms of talent, looking at last year. If you look at the standings, there's a good mix of competition in each. I think the New York division might be a little more top-heavy than New England, but that's for the teams to figure out themselves and to play and to get that record going. But I like this setup. It makes the postseason interesting. And in 2020, that's a big box to check off for a lot of different leagues. Good on the ECAC. I love this plan, and I can't wait to see it in action. Hey, it is. I think it's a fair plan because I think it gives everybody equal opportunity. You know, you're seeing how football is being kind of jumbled around. But I, I think if college hockey can find uniformity and do these type of plans because if Hockey East can do that, this sounds like a great idea where you can have a New England versus the rest of the league in the Hockey East. You go out to the Midwest and you, you have Michigan versus Wisconsin or Wisconsin versus Minnesota. I think that we can have a what looked like a gloomy college hockey season into a really exciting year. I, for one, think that the ECAC should be applauded for coming up with a fair and equitable arrangement for its members. Before we get to our chat with Jarrett, a quick reminder that this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The Stanley Cup is moving quickly and we only have a few more days left of NHL hockey, but the action doesn't have to stop there. International hockey is in full swing, and if you're looking to place a bet on some of the hottest teams in Europe, Bet Online has just what you're looking for. 
So whether it's tonight's Stanley Cup game, the Liga in the Czech Republic, or the KHL in Russia, Bet Online has you covered. So head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. And now we are joined by one of the masterminds behind the Draft Pro 2020 Draft Guide, Jared Brown. Jared, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, Jared. Just get right to it. Tell us about your company. So Draft Pro Hockey, we were uh, founded three years ago, actually, by uh, our director, Dan Stewart. He was actually working 10 years ago with uh, Future Considerations. He co-founded Future Considerations Hockey. He's the mastermind behind all of this. It's just been a privilege for myself to work under someone who has had so much experience under the hockey industry like Dan. He came over and he started up Draft Pro just three years later. Here we are. Uh, It's just we're slowly you know, dipping our toes in the water. And uh, just like all ISS hockey, Future Considerations, we're an independent scouting service and we uh, provide intel and information on the next best hockey prospects. That's all, really. I'm rather impressed by the professional look that DraftFlow has here and how you guys have gone. I might not agree with all the rankings, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it is a well-put-together draft guide you guys went pretty deep in saying something about each player so how did you get the information like on guys in europe so we actually have a pretty wide variety of scouts we had around 10 regional scouts uh, a part of our team last year Uh, i believe we had around three swedish scouts out in sweden and we had a, uh, a Russian scout. I believe he's out in uh, Eastern Canada, but he covers it all through uh, video. And I have to say, he does a fantastic job. He's just so great. He's so diligent and wonderful at what he does. But when we look at you know our European players, we look towards them and uh, get their opinions on them. Me and Dan, we would normally catch the international events as well to then get to see the players. So any of those Palenka tournament that's normally played in the summer that obviously we didn't get a chance to watch this year. But then we also have the under 18 Five Nations tournament, Four Nations tournament. There's a ton of international tournaments that go on through a hockey season that you can catch through uh, streaming uh, online services. And that's how me and Dan, who cover out here in uh, Canada, normally in Ontario, that's how we would get a hold of how to watch these and gauge what the European prospects have to offer. But most of it, though, I will say we let our European scouts do the uh, the talking. And uh, obviously, you trust your word with your staff. That's uh, pretty good. I'm also shocked that I got to see something about the 21-21 draft as well as the 2022 draft. I mean, not many people do that. And as a guy who's been covering prospects himself for as long as I have, I'm going to have to borrow this and use it for my own work. (laughs) Seriously, it is a well-done document, especially, you know, considering the pandemic. Let's talk about the 2020 draft. I mean, it's easy to go Lafayette, Brightfield, Stussy, Drysdale, Rossi, Raymond. Let's go further. Who would surprise you out of your top 10 if they moved up? For me? Yeah. One guy that comes to mind, and I think it would become a bit of a surprise, is it's another Quebec kid, actually, Hendrix Lapierre. He played out in Chicoutimi in the Quebec League, but he's struggled with injuries recently. I think he's had, you know, a couple of concussions within the past 12 months or so. 
his draft stock is kind of impacted through his injuries. But when I watched him play at the Holinka with Byfield and Drysdale, I thought he was maybe the best player on Team Canada. I thought he was just so smart. Just the way he controls the ice in all three zones, his 200-foot game is amazing. And I think if you look past the injury concerns with Lapierre, I think you have a potential first-line centerman with him. I think he's that good. I could see a team taking a chance on him and going in the top 10. I'm just not too sure if that will happen because – I look at another kid like Nick Robertson. He had injury concerns, and he fell way outside of the first round. He went almost out of the second round until the Leafs picked him last year. Other than that, I don't know if I'd see anyone else. The goalie, Yaroslav Askarov, I've seen people saying he could go top five. Like, Ottawa could pick him with the fifth overall pick because they need goaltending. And I don't think that's in the realm of impossible. Like, I think that's a very possible chance because they have the third overall pick. You know, they're going to get Stutzel or Byfield. Why would Ottawa not want to get their next number one goalie? There are two guys that I would not be surprised to see go in the top 10 come uh, October. I have to admit, I'm a little bit biased towards the WHL guys because, you know, with this pandemic, it's hard for us to get out and see these kids like we normally do. Do you agree with me if I say that the Combine, not having one this year, is actually going to hurt some of these guys? 100%. And um, I'll, uh, I'll use Braden Point as a reference, actually, because uh, recently I was reading that he would have easily won in the first round if it wasn't for his physical combine testing. Apparently that scared away a lot of GMs, a lot of organizations, because they did not like the physical maturity. But I mean, a thing to keep in mind is these kids are still 17, 18 years old. They're still growing. I'll give an example, Tyson Forrester, who I think we have ranked 23rd overall. This is a kid who grew three inches since uh, he was drafted in Barrie. Like, I remember looking at it, and I was like, he's not six foot one. I thought he was like 5'10 when he got drafted. So they're still growing, and it just goes to show you that the combine can be misleading, but I also do agree. I think a combine is a big telling tool of where – a player is with their physical development. Some take time, like Braden Point, and some are already like, you know, I'll say probably Braden Schneider. I don't know how his physical stature is, but if you just look at him, he's got the physical maturity to play in the NHL right now. Jared, like Jess said before, you know, you guys have done some very extensive rankings. They don't look exactly like everyone else's, but that's just kind of the times nowadays. You know, we missed out on the combine. We didn't have those tournaments. The top 10 picks are pretty set, but the deep first round and into the second round, everyone has different. You know, people have guys like Seth Jarvis going as high as nine and as low as 25. Ty Smolanik is coming to Quinnipiac. I remember he started as a first round pick is now a mid second round pick. For you, what would you say is the hardest part about doing these rankings and which portion of the draft is hardest for you to measure? Honestly, you're spot on with that. I would say mid first round to as late as the end of the second round when you're ranking those players and depending on the year it can be completely off the board and I think you know the 2020 draft is just another year of that you know I've seen guys like Ryan O'Rourke going he's going to go 20th overall like there's just so many players that I think could go first round I think for me when I'm ranking a player I try and gauge physical viewings so when I see a player and I'm watching them I'm thinking 
I like him. If I see the next player who is rated around him as well, I will compare the two because I'm looking to see who's going to have the best future, obviously. Who's going to translate easiest to the NHL? It's really tough when you're ranking, say, 15 to 50. When you're in a war room with, you know, 10 other scouts, everyone's got their own opinion. But that's what I love about scouting. And that's what I love about, the, you know, this business is that everyone has their own opinions and all those opinions are worth listening to. You know, it's not that all oh, you're going to be dead wrong or all that. These guys are 18. You don't know, but you go off of what you think, what you see. You trust your word. Exactly. A great Clark had taught me. A long time ago, everybody forgets the guys you got right, but nobody lets you forget the ones you got wrong. Yeah. And that's what drafting really is. I mean, it's a coin flip. In the draft report, you guys have a lot of great stuff on rankings, on player profiles. I also saw that you guys have a section on rebuilding the Red Wings. What was the inspiration behind that? I think the inspiration behind that was you, you saw how successful they were for so long. I mean, it was just that that streak they had was unbelievable. And players they had coming out of that team. I mean, you had Yeiserman, you had Lindstrom. You could throw in Chris Osgood. You could throw in Dominic Hasek, Holmstrom, Zetterberg, Datsuk. I mean, they had all of these star players come out. And I think the biggest thing with those players is where did they come from? They came from the draft. They came from Detroit drafting and developing them. Those weren't free agent signings for the most part. I mean, Zetterberg, wasn't he a seventh round pick? (laughs) You know, like the inspiration was how well they were able to build their core team, I should say, how well they're able to build their core team through the draft and just have that unbelievable run through the, you know, playoffs year after year after year. So many organizations just wish they could do that. And uh, I think that now, obviously, all those players retired or moved on. It's time to look at, you know, a, a rebuilding Red Wings and rebuilding Detroit team. And I think that was the inspiration behind it. Jared, there's a two-round mock draft in here, which you guys, I'm sure, spent a lot of time on and you know, worked really hard at. What would you say is one of your prouder picks in this draft? And then what's one that you're not so sure about? Oh, man. Actually, uh, I'll say how kind of we did it. We gave each of our scouts and ourselves a list of three or four teams to pick from. So this wasn't a one or two person mock draft. This was all 10 of us doing a mock draft. And, you know, we just did it uh, on the fly and picked who we thought should go there. I had Washington in the first round. I think I picked Maverick Bork with their first round pick. And I I was actually, you know, I'll toot my own horn, but I I like the pick. I watched Maverick Bork through the QMJHL, and I just think he's he's another guy who, he's a smaller guy, but he reminds me a little bit of Braden Point, uh, where he can just command the ice, even though he's tiny. He's, he's quick, he's agile, he's fast, but he's also not a pushover. He's strong. He'll push you around, and he's still just physically maturing. And I think he's only at, like, 170. I can't wait to see what he'll be at, like, 185 and how he'll conduct it. And that was probably my proudest pick, but uh, the one where I was questionable on, I don't know. It's a tough one. I think with any mock draft, there's a lot of those. So I think I'll, I'll save that. <laughs> It's a tough one. I think I think we all did a really good job of picking who we thought would be best at that spot. Every year you're going to look at a uh, draft and uh, you're going to think, how did you pick that person there or, or anything like that? <laughs> this is a weird draft. The NHL claims that they don't go for 
big players, but yet that's that's who usually winds up going fast. But this draft has got a lot of guys that are like five seven to five eleven that are realistically first, second, or third round picks. Mm-hmm. People can't deny that the NHL's starting to get a little smaller. It is, yeah. Let me do a little nitpicking, if you don't mind. All right. Justin Barron, you guys have him as low as 40? Mm-hmm. Why? I will admit there's a bias here. <laughs> no worries. I mean, like we said, one thing I love about it is everyone will view someone differently. I think for myself with Justin Barron, I think injuries held him back this year, and a weaker Halifax team held him back to show his true potential which I think gradually would lower, you know, his draft stock. One thing I will say about Barron is I want to see if he can do the offensive things he can do in the QMJHL right now, if he can do that at the pro level. I think it can be tougher for those bigger smooth skating defensemen to translate because they're either going to transition smoothly or they may just phase into more of a, just a defensive defenseman because they have that size. Right. They may just transition to a, a penalty killer. I like Barron, but I think the injuries kind of held him back this year. And I think a weaker Halifax team this year. I'd watch out for Halifax this year, though. And he may surprise people if he goes in the second round as late as maybe, let's say, 45, 50. If Halifax has a good season, whoever takes him late second will look like a steal. I like that you guys have diamonds and duds. I think that's something you don't see, especially when you got people who are putting in names to some of these guys, like you did James Hardy. I'm surprised that he's there because nobody knows him because he's, he plays for Mississauga. I'm impressed by that. I think the big thing with James Hardy is that Mississauga team was not really a well-known team this year. Who on that Mississauga team was the guy you want to go watch other than Thomas Hartley, I guess, uh, the Dallas Stars first round prospect. But after him, it was just kind of like, you know, you got a third rounders, you got some fourth rounders in there, and then you have the young guys. But I think James Hardy, I mean, just off of his sheer production and on a team that wasn't known to be a great offensive team in the OHL, definitely uh, worth having him in the diamonds. And for the entire diamonds and duds category, I think that's just I love it. I think that's a staple we'll have in draft guides to come because, you know, you always have those. But normally when you look at diamonds and duds, you'll look at those after, after the draft. So I think, you know, it's kind of a little fun to see who maybe is showing some red flags and who's trending upwards. Jared, tell people how they can get a hold of uh, the draft pro draft guide. So to get a hold of our Draft Pro Hockey uh, 2020 Draft Guide, you guys uh, can go to our website at draftprospectshockey.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Draft Pro Hockey. You will receive all of our information for our Draft Guide. Also, our Draft Guide not only is available uh, as a digital download, but you can also buy the physical copy through Amazon. We are available to be purchased through the United States and Canada Amazon. It is only $9.99. It's a well-written, well-documented, well-put-together, probably one of the best out there. I would say that it's up there with the draft analysts. If you really want them to follow the draft, this is something you really need to have. Just basically, in my book, the diamonds and the duds, because nobody else does that. So... Jared Brown, thank you so very much. We'd like to have you come back right after the draft so we can talk about, shall we say, how well you guys did. 
Yeah, I uh, well, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. I'd love to come back on and uh, and talk about the uh, draft after it's all over. You'd be remiss if you go into the draft, especially this year, without having as much information as this guy provides. Thank you, Jared, for coming in. We look forward to talking to you again down the road. Thanks again, Jared. Thanks for having me, guys. So that was Jared Brown from Draft Pro Hockey. Jess, what did you think? Oh, I like this guy. He looks up to me like a promising, a very promising young man who's got a good head on his shoulders. You can see that the thing that I like about draft pros is uh, they really did their homework. What a professionally done draft guide that they did. And I'm, I'm glad that we got to look at it. When I compare it to the ones that I get, it's right there with everybody else. We also need to give some credit to Dan Stewart, who is the leader of draft pro. They also came up with the draft simulator. It was awesome tool. It's a lot of fun to play with, especially when you want to do the, the scenarios. But for $9.99, this draft guide is definitely worth getting. The more you can find out, the better informed you will be on the 6th and 7th when you see how the NHL does its draft virtually. And I, I want to see how that happens too. I think you said it best, Jess. When I look at a draft guide, not only do I want all this knowledge packed into one place, I think getting new information is the best part. It's things that I couldn't find out on my own. And I think you really see that in the Draft Pro Hockey Guide. A lot of great stuff in there. They've packed it top to bottom with information on all the big names that you're going to see and the guys going in the later rounds. I think this is a great pickup for anyone who's interested in the draft. Go out and give it a look. I spend my time on the West Coast, so it's hard for me to get a good read on the guys that are on the East Coast or in the Ontario League. What the draft pros did here, it's helped me fill in the holes of what I haven't had in my own prospect coverage. So I, I would like to give it a double thumbs up. It's worth the $9.99. We got to bring him back on after the draft. Got to hear what he's got to say about what happened there. We look forward to having Jared on next time, but that's going to do it for us today. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Prospect Park for Jess, at Luke Legrano for myself. Tweet us, did you like this episode? What do you want to see from us next time? We got the draft coming up. It's the big day. What do you want to hear us talk about? We want to hear from you. If you liked this episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano. And I'm Jess Rubenstein. Next week, Luke and I are going to go head-to-head. His top ten, my top ten. We're going to talk draft. Nothing but the draft next week. Please join us and have a great week. You're going to love it, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. We hope to see you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.